0: Saturday was rough, but the land-grant trophy beckons. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who made me waste a perfectly
1: valid can crack Kevin Grek. Greg, how you doing, buddy? Uh, after, uh, after that game, we need a little bit more than a single can crack th- is the problem. Like, we need a... <clears throat> a, a like tapping a keg? Yeah, we, we need something. Like, mm. it, 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 a can crack will not do. Uh, I, have, I, I
0: am fireball adjacent if I need to. Um, <sighs> I am also joined by the man who did a truly disturbing Australian accent. Alex Plum. Plum, how are you doing, buddy? It, it was Cockney, Govna. Okay. <laughs> That's how I'm doing. I've I've regressed into some alter ego and I live there now. So, I live point. there now.
1: Oi, mister, you mean dad? Oi. I'm no. a chimney sweep, Govna. Oi. In it. In it? <laughs> <laughs> this is truly terrible. Thank it's you, everyone <laughs> worse than Saturday though. This is better than Saturday.
0: All right. Thank you, of course, for listening to Can't Read, Can't Write and suffering through that. If we could ask a small favor, please share other episodes of this podcast with Spartans in your life. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Plum, do you know the structure of the show? I did it. I did it one time. Share it. Okay, I will do that. Uh, <laughs> I can't, we can't write, we start behind the green wall where football always leads. We will review, but not too much, details of a most unsavory happening, which was yesterday's malfeasance against Ohio State. Um, we're going to take big picture, though. We want to talk about big picture and what our hopes are for this program. We talk about our coach. Now we'll go and talk about basketball because the boys are playing in the, what is it, Atlantis? Well, we're going to do that later during the preview section. But so wow. we're going to we're going to talk about the two games we did play,
1: and also Plum know the name, the Bad Boy Mowers Battle for Atlantis, featuring I'm... Rocket Mortgage uh, presents the Michigan State Basketball Spartans. Thank you very much. Know it. I mean, it's... what what kind of amateur garbage is this, Plum? So instead, do we're going to be Butler and Eastern Michigan's
0: wins. And I think they were wins. Our wins, yes. <laughs> Go off Grand River, <laughs> and then we're going to preview Penn State,
1: and what Drek said. And then your Twitter questions, which is the reason you listen. Okay. <laughs> so you're all going to be focused on the Bad Boy mowers Battle for Atlantis Paradise Islands boh- Bohemian Tournament.
0: Bohemian, oh but oh, wow. b- Bohemian. Bohemian we're starting to insult entire peoples now. So this is a good win. Well, Uh, our entire
1: peoples were insulted yesterday. So (laughs) yes, going
0: around. Uh, so let's talk about when, um, Sparta fell. Uh, and that is a 56 to seven loss to Ohio state. And I think, you know, we can talk about the final score, but what you really need to know is that it was 49 to zero at the half. (laughs) So, um, and not a great day for the Spartans. That you know, normally we would talk a little bit about the game, um, and some nuances to the the play of players, the calls of the game. But here it was so uniformly just bad everywhere that I don't think any of us think that there's much to be said that's constructive or helpful. Or frankly, that that you wouldn't be better served by just watching the post game press conferences and and seeing the sort of ownership of it uh, from, from Tucker, um, the players, and then frankly, kind of the, uh, uh, you could tell the players were a a bit devastated um, by what, what had happened. And so um, I, I think it's fair to say, right. We're not going to break down the box score or anything like that. um, But maybe talk a little bit about how we feel after the game and then talk big picture. So, Uh, Greg, I'll
1: start with you on how are you feeling? Um, so I'll admit I was in a bad mood yesterday, uh, for the entire, um, the entire game, every minute of it, every Mm -hmm. second of it. Uh, I think, but now today in the light of a new day, um, I just, I'm trying to let it evaporate off like what 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 good does it do Mm -hmm. and the game is over dwelling on it does nothing i'm not on the team uh it's fine And, and you know honestly you can still be excited about this team be excited about the outcome of this season i think in the abstract eventually and i'm trying to get there sooner rather than later what about you guys
0: Plum, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you because I, mm. I assume we're going to be very opposite on this. Yeah. Grek might have been the Goldilocks. I should have thrown to him last. Yeah, I think I was appropriately devastated. <laughs> um, folks have pointed out that my expectations for the team were. That's a Twitter question well it is but suffice it to say borderline lunatic so that and that's okay i mean i stand by those takes um and i didn't necessarily need us to win but yesterday's performance was less than a loss it was it was much worse than a loss yeah it was it was it felt like they were it felt like what happened yesterday told the truth to a lie that I had been building in my head about the program. And we could very well win and likely will win against Penn state on Saturday and be a 10 win team, maybe even 11 win team for the season. And yet I won't feel like that's authentic in some respects because of yesterday's performance. And we'll get into it. Some of the reasons why, but that's where I'm feeling. And I know that some of the takes have helped me feel better about that. And I'm, you know, getting there and this pot will help. And, you know, time heals all wounds. But yesterday was very difficult. And I was, I've been sour about it since and probably will be for some more days. So um, I, I hate all of them a lot, a lot right now, but not as much as I hate myself. So, <laughs> so there's that.
1: That's I'll the most important that.
0: thing. I think so. It's consistent. You yeah. Know. Okay. Um, so I'll say, uh, all you right. know, I, I guess, uh, had the blessing of having to pretty much immediately go into parenting afterwards, which was it like, uh, it was nice to not be able to sit in my own feelings on this because it was yesterday was, uh, somehow more than embarrassing. And, and it's, I think it's that I, um, that I, I think I've said on this pod, I'm 99% certain I've said on this pod that what happened yesterday I was fairly confident would not happen ever again with Mel Tucker around, yeah, and so uh felt dumb for thinking that felt dumb for thinking we might be competitive, and um and now in a new day, I'm weirdly okay um and i I will say this that as I look on, on the season that this is the most fun I've had watching Michigan state football since 2015. And I'm counting 2017 in that, that season was less fun than this season has been. Um, And I, what this reminds me of though, what is uh, uh, it can be both encouraging and discouraging depending on how you want to look at it is that this most reminds me of 2015 when we got smoked by Alabama. Weirdly, that game was closer. <laughs> um and I and and that that in that moment felt like it was great to be in the playoffs and sure I would love to go back every time I get smoked by Alabama or whoever it is that year. Um but it it still this felt like we, then which is oh, we are not there yet. And so um that's kind of where I am in my feelings on, on what we saw. And I'm also sad because it it looks like a great amount of the team is hurt. Um, somewhere between really, really hurt or kind of hurt or giving it a go, despite the fact that they probably shouldn't be giving it a go. Yeah. Um, so our mm-hmm. injury list for those keeping track at home, uh, I'm not even going to include anyone that's not everyone anyway, but um, Kenneth Walker's hurt now. Um, TBD on how hurt? it could be that he didn't play the second half because they were down 49 to nothing. And there's no reason to put your Heisen candidate in the game, um, but hurt. Uh, it appears Jalen Naylor is still hurt and is going to be hurt for the foreseeable future. Jaden Reed hurt with a boot on TBD on how serious that is. Horse dismissed the last couple games. Xavier Henderson didn't play much of the second half because he's also hurt. And, you know, crouch did not play a ton of the game. Um, And I thought for sure he was going to be considering the percentage of snaps that he's taken was going to be an integral part of this game, which tells me he is very sub 100% um, and was playing through injuries. Plus we got like half the team in a, in a cast and, and Matty C clears one so far to the right on a field goal that you you can't help, but assume that it's because he's still hurt. Um, So it's, I don't know. It it was a thin depth, right guys. But like, this is not good.
1: No. And it, It's not good for the future either. I mean, there's still two games to play. Now, fortunately, one of those happens after a good long break. The other one's coming up in six days. So that game is still important. There's still things that you can win. I mean, the single greatest trophy in all of sports is on the line Saturday. So (laughs) it's concerning. It's very concerning. So. I think what I'd like
0: to do is now that uh, we've kind of talked about feelings and and Greg, we're kind of going to get to some of that here in a second with your point. But I'll have you go last um, or I'll have you go second last on this. But we each came sort of with a a point of discussion that we wanted to talk about on on the big picture of with the season that's been or looking forward. And and Plum, I'll start with you. I, I know you wanted to talk about reconciling where we are with what we just saw. Um, so where's your head on that? And and maybe we can, we can take some time to sort of dissecting that. Yeah. And I think that was what I was getting at my thoughts. I mean, I think it's, um, you sort of named it too. I think with the points around Tucker, um, not, and not thinking we'd be in the space, this sort of space again, but here we are, I, you know, I, we, we've seen such good performances from the offense. We've seen, you know, even, even with the limited depth that we've had, even with the injuries we've had on the O-line, even with the, kind of the lack of expertise or a ton of skill in the defense we've seen moments of brilliance we've seen glimpses we've seen you know uh, Kenneth Walker just come out of nowhere I mean who would have told you the kid was going to get all the press he was getting in this Heisman I mean it's the whole thing and it's you 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 start to build a narrative and you start to believe the narrative and You have improbable come from behinds. I mean, the Nebraska win, the Miami win, Michigan. I mean, these were huge gains for us that made you think that there was some kind of chemistry and you hear the guys talk about it. And you look at the coaching staff and they were focused on the process and you learn to trust the process. And we talked about Ben don't break. And then as we looked at kind of the limits of Ben don't break, then Tucker comes out after Purdue and says, I don't like that phrase. You know, that's not really a phrase I like. I don't, you know, we got to do better about getting off the field at third down, and so they're identifying the problems and they're working the problems. and And they knew what Saturday's game had for them. They knew. I mean, you listened to it in the post game when they talked to uh, they talked to Thorn. He's like, I didn't come out and play any new defense we didn't expect. They played the defense we knew they would play. They couldn't get it done. Guys couldn't make catches. Thorn's passes kept getting tipped. Um, there were no holes for anyone to run. Such as they were, I mean, defense was just like, looked like children. I mean, this was a performance, by the way, only Akron has done worse against Ohio State this year. Only Akron. We tied for the same point differential as Maryland did, but at least Maryland was able to score twice. You know, so this performance has to be uncharacteristically bad, But it exposed all of the things as weaknesses that we've been talking about all season. And it was the perfect storm of all of those failures coming into relief and the team not being able to get their feet back underneath them, not at all. So it's hard to square that. And, you know, you will look and see Penn State. I mean, I don't have any. Doubt in my mind that Franklin is a just complete boob, and his team is probably unraveling around him. And maybe, hopefully, if they even have a fraction of the injuries we have right now, the game will be competitive. But I do think it's a possible a possible win. But it's just it's hard to square it. It just sort of shakes your confidence in what you've been seeing all season. Yeah, Uh, Greg, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I mean it's hard not to just be totally demoralized by what you just saw, but. that maybe it's true that Ohio state is just entirely separate. Um, and, and as they kept calling out on the broadcast and we called out last week, it's a particular strength of theirs, uh, this passing offense of theirs against a particular deficiency in the MSU, uh, you know, secondary. So next week against Penn state won't necessarily be the same personnel, won't necessarily be, you know, the same level of, uh, you know, the same level of, uh, you know, making plays and, and, and capitalizing on mistakes. Um, so it's possible that, you know, things can get back on the rails after this.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm reminded that last weekend, I I know, I think we kind of, I think it was a little bit of an attempt to be funny and, but that, you know, in our preview, (laughs) We talked about two extra defenders and levitation required to win this game.
1: (laughs) That's right.
0: Uh, I think it was a little disheartening that that was closer to reality. (laughs) To the truth. uh, (laughs) Aware. But, but, you know, I do think that, um, you know, I I remember after the Nebraska game that something that I talked about was that I, I felt foolish for thinking the offensive line had made massive strides that they could both simultaneously be better and that Kenneth Walker could be really good, but that that game exposed that the offensive line hadn't made that much progress. um, And, you know, it, it just, at some point in time you get out athleted, and you come up against a team that just has, Four and five stars on four and five stars on four and five stars in the three deep, and 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 it and it at at some level that really starts to rack up. But I do, to Plum's point, I think about the losses that were turned into wins or could have been losses that were turned into wins. I think about the coaching staff's emphasis on the Miami game as a game that that clearly was a must win in their mind to to shape a narrative about this team, and. I mean, I think about how long it's been since we've seen offense at Michigan State. Like, there's a lot to look at and say. I, man, you know, it, and I've been an apologist for the defense, and I've got some some comments on that later that are less apologetic. But I I, I can look at being just demolished by Ohio State and say, uh. There, I I think we can still say there's a ton of progress that's been made since last year, since two years ago. Yeah. Um. So that's where I am on it. Um. Greg, you wanted to look forward on the sort of remaining potential outcomes.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's still two games left. This team is going to a bowl. It's only a question of which one. So there's potential that this this team is two and zero against you know those opponents. It's potential zero and two. Um, one and one you know, some kind of split situation. If, <clears throat> if this team beats Penn State, they're likely going to a New Year's Day Bowl, uh, or a uh, group. New Year's Six Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So, things can still happen. Um, what do and you that's guys incredible. Think about? That's, like, we should
0: celebrate that accomplishment
1: as embarrassing,
0: right? As in, that's a big
1: deal. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, it's way more than anyone ever reasonably expected at the beginning of the year. So, what do we think about those outcomes? Like, let's say this team goes two and zero, finishes ten and or eleven and two um, on the year. What does that say, like, about the narrative of this team relative to if this team goes zero and two and is nine and four?
2: Hmm,
0: it's interesting. Plum, you got thoughts on that, or you want me? To yeah, kick I'm trying off to think here? about it. I mean, it it feels more appropriate in some respects, right? I mean, it feels more. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm in my doldrum. So, but, but I'm optimistic. I don't think that happens. I mean, even if we lose, I think even if we lose uh, Penn state, I think we get a sufficiently chastened with whatever bowl assignment we get and they mm-hmm. come back and they win. I, I can't imagine us losing out. I can't, I think we're going to, I'm, I'm very confident. We're going to get to 10 wins. Um, the thing is, I don't think we're getting a new year's six bowl. even if we beat Penn state, even if we beat Penn state convincingly, I can't see us getting a, we, you're, you, you, I, I just I don't think so. You, the way that Michigan is getting so much insane love this year, you know, if Ohio State beats Michigan soundly, Michigan probably goes to the Rose Bowl, and um, certainly over us at this point. With yesterday's win, I mean, they'd have sure. to get they'd have to get shellacked. I mean, worse than us. They, I mean, they would really or have the to be a hundred on them.
1: You know, the or
0: same. The, the same or, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's they're they're going to go before we would, I think, at this point. So. Um, so I don't, I don't see us. I don't, I really don't see us getting a New Year's sick bowl either way. And I think because of that, I'm less. Well, concerned if we're top well. twelve, we have to. I believe that's in the contract. We have to get a New with New the New New number, Year's number of Big Ten ball. teams that are going to be ahead of us, though. I mean, well, it would be Ohio State. It, I it, we have we have to go. It, okay. I believe our, them's the rules. Um, okay. All right. All right. All right. Good. Well, but that. yeah. But I, I do think you know, Greg, to your sort of question about the 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 contrast between the two. I think the thing about the difference between going 11 and 2 and 9 and 4 is that there's a part of this that we don't know who who the bowl opponent will be. Mm-hmm. And and so you know you remember that it wasn't that long ago that that Bama had a down year and somehow we ended up playing them in a bowl game. Yeah. And And if they
1: lose to Georgia, they're going to be out there, right? They're they're going to be prowling in the weeds for some poor unsuspecting team to just get annihilated.
0: And my God, we could beat Penn state and be that team, be that team. It's totally possible. (laughs) And like, I don't need that in my life,
1: but I mean, so, you know, I, 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 Can you imagine how many Spartan fans would pay to go watch that game? Like after what just happened with Ohio state, like it means that you have no hope whatsoever in beating (laughs) a team like Alabama. So like, can you imagine like the, the Spartan ticket office would be giving those tickets away to get honestly, they should pick pick
0: Michigan for that. They should, because
1: talk about a school
0: that has enough hubris to buy those tickets. Yes. That's who, that's who needs to get it. But,
1: if this if this is the, the situation, just let the bowl of committees know this. Just be right. like our fan base isn't buying a single ticket of yours if it's against Bama. We've F- been too humbled. Don't it's
0: let, let it happen. Don't yeah, you can't, we can't you can't do two of those in one season. Oh, I, mean, I yeah. would I would gladly go to the playoffs and be humbled by Georgia. That's okay. Fine with that situation. But this, no, pass. Hard pass. Um I, so I, to sort of get back to the dichotomy though, I, it, it so it is about, you know, it, reflecting on what could be a loss in a bowl game. I, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but if you, I need to see competition and and frankly, Penn state's had the kind of year where, uh, you'd like to believe you're in it till the end, I guess yeah. is where I'm at. Um, yeah. it, that, that said we'll see the injury report like i i could revise all of these statements if all the people i named are out of the game correct then uh, is it reasonable to expect a w there um and if they all come back and we have a you know cuz if you lose to Penn State the bowl game you're going to is more modest so right. now you're not dealing with the possibility of confronting bama and and you know you get those guys back and and now it's like all right my expectations have changed um so it's just all variable. We'll know it and we see it, but I guess you take out the Ohio state game and it's hard not to look at this team and say, I'm interested in every game they're playing in. So that's where I am on it. There you go. Uh, so that leaves me. And I think this maybe is a place we can transition to a bit about the news on Mel Tucker, but you know, we'll, we'll make that a more reserved point. Um, but as we talk about renewing a coach, and we'll get into that renewal in a second, but I want to focus on how, how do we define success? So this year, related to your question, Greg, uh, next
1: year, and the years following. Here's and, where and, I would start. Uh, yeah. Not that again, please. That, sure. that That's what I would write. Line one in this Mel Tucker extension contract. Re Ohio State, twenty twenty one. Never again. Not that again, comma. Please, period.
0: Hashtag never forget.
1: New line. You know, return, return. Rest of the contract.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, a, wins and losses are going to fluctuate. The a, a, and and maybe this is a place to talk about too. Something he said in in um, at the end of his press conference. Something that Colton Pouncey wrote about. Which is that, in his mind, in in his in his idea how the plan goes, that recruiting is the place that that this changes. So, how? So you know, you, you it's not merely evaluating Mel Tucker for wins and losses, right? Though that is a big part of it for sure, but it is also building talent. Yes, sure.
1: I have wondered in a sick way if maybe this game helps recruiting because <laughs> same, same. It, it, I, I have wondered like it, if you're Mel Tucker, are you, can you spin? Look at what I can do with the team that I had up until a certain point. I and, need you.
0: I yeah, need you.
1: Look at the amount of play time that would be available and look at the stage of the games that you would be playing in. Come on, let's go. What I mean, what percentage of game days was Michigan state featured in 18%? Uh, I mean, yeah. Something like that. Two of them, <clears throat> two of them in nine games. So soon to be 12, right? Like, I
0: mean, right. you know, it's, uh, it's not bad. Um, plum, what do you, how do you look at success for Tucker moving forward? And, you know, is it different? How do you, how do you evaluate it? No, I I don't. I mean, I'm I I am trying to be more, just balanced. I guess I think, um, I, I shit, dude. I mean, guys, a second his second season, looking right into ten wins, is just great. I mean, there's that that is that is that is success, that is success, and um, especially in the Big Ten, you know, sure that, that sure. It, that's hard to do. That's hard to do anywhere, but in the Big, I mean, that's so. He's achieved it, you know. I mean, for me, he's achieved success. And think this is now he has he set his benchmark. He set what it is, the way he talks, the way he takes responsibility for things, the tempo he's setting, the process. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, you're allowed to get beat up on every once in a while. We haven't had it happen in a number of years. Should never happen. Can never happen again. I would.
1: Um, uh... Uh, not to interrupt you while you're rolling, but that Ohio state team also beat up <laughs> last year and the year before that.
2: And the year yeah, before so.
0: that. Oh. I here's, here's the I'm thing. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I,
0: I think there's a fine analogy that to Thomas Izzo here. When I think about if Mel Tucker is truly going to be paid, million over 10 years that you got to be an indie on a regular basis. And if Izzo has set a threshold of, of being in the final four every four years at that dollar amount, I don't know that that's a crazy expectation. Well, even he has to radically, and I know you just were talking about the portal and so, but in recruiting, but that's it. I mean, that's where it comes. And you tell me, what after watching yesterday, what real top talent player is going to want to come to Michigan State? If this is what we're looking at, this is where Heisman candidates can get built up all season long, only to have the door just slammed on their nose when we go to Columbus, where they come to us. That's not that there's no winning recipe there, you know. I, I think Ken Walker sitting was probably the best thing that could have happened to him, but he not winning the Heisman. That's done. That not happening. There's no, no, there's no path for him anymore. And that's my point. And you, you know, a strong performance. No, listen, I'm not saying he should have played. I, that was absolutely right. But my point is with that game, not being able to undo that, do better. And there's multifactorial reasons for that. That's it. And, and, and players look at that. Players see that players know what the state of the program is. If we're not going to be competitive against the number one team, to your point around going to Indiana, you can't get the players, so it becomes this catch-22, this self-reinforcing negative spiral. I don't know how you break out of that. There's only so many hidden gems. Now, listen, the thing that Tuck has that a lot of guys don't have is he knows how to scout talent. He knows how to find it. And the question is, can he do that with such, so can he do it sufficiently with enough younger guys to build a, a depth chart to be able to rely on, on things? That's, you know, his second season. He's not
2: had time to do it yet. How many seasons does it take? Four? I don't know. Greg, your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, we already kind of established, like, I, I think that there is a silver lining here. Um, so I think it can be done. Um, I don't know.
2: What What's your take on this, Jonesy? So, I, I mean, I, I my... we, we said, we've said, and and we, we, and it's, it's been a refrain
0: that when Pell Tucker got hired, whether he would work out or not, that no one would question that he had a plan and he executed on that plan. Yes. Uh, well, we're in year two and I mean, and I, I know he doesn't want to acknowledge it, but like that first year was real messed up and the plan worked. Like, I don't know how you don't look at this year and say the plan worked. Yes, I agree. And, and to, to push back a little bit on you, Plum, he took a dude who had one power five offer and was splitting carries at a school with a weird offense and turned him into a Heisman candidate. Now, Ken Walker going to win it? No, it was it was questionable whether he was going to win in the first place, but it probably is not going to happen now. Um, and, and that's a bummer. But he's almost certainly going to New York and that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. I, and I just want to push back on this a little bit. I, I don't, I, I agree with your point about the process. Mel Tucker did not turn Kenneth Walker into a Heisman candidate.
2: Kenneth no. Walker,
0: Kenneth Walker was a Heisman candidate that, that, that had no opportunity to be viewed as such because of where he was playing. What Mel Tucker gave Kenneth Walker was the opportunity to come play for a program That would sufficiently highlight him in a way the Wake Forest simply could not, because of its stature. So let's be explicit about that. But there was no coaching in this that turned. Oh no 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 no! Not saying that. But he but 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 what Mel Tucker did do was give someone a platform.
1: Right, and I I think that's the that's the other side of your point, though Plum from before of like who's going to look at this and say I'm not going there. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are happy to get the press clippings that Kenneth Walker are getting right now. Or um, the to say it might be better. Yeah. There are a lot of guys that think, man, good. you yeah. just get me in the conversation. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. think it's possible. Right. No, that's so, good. so where I am on is so that we're going to talk about the contract, but the, 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 where I am is that what my expectation for Mel Tucker is that, I expect him to continue to execute on his plan and I've gotten enough of a sense of success that, that that should continue to build. Now is next year potentially down from this year? Yeah, I could see that happening. Am I going to be calling for his head? No, though the defense, we need to talk about that. But the, uh that, that the place that he needs to be by year four is we need to be, we need to be competing with Ohio state in a meaningful way. That's, that's my standard for him is that he's shown that he can, he can hit a floor for us. That is really important that, that teams like Maryland, who's almost certainly bowl bound or will likely be bowl bound. Anyway, we held him to 21 points and put 40 points up on him. Like that's a big deal, but we need to this shouldn't be happening this we should be so far from this memory in 4 years that uh that we laugh about that time um yeah i'm not saying he needs to win every year but i'm saying those those games better be competitive
1: all right so so speaking of year four of Mel Tucker, we, we should acknowledge what <laughs> probably everyone listening to this podcast is already aware of. Uh, but there are a rumor in any of a 10 year, $95 million contract extension being funded by Matt Ishbia, who of course everyone knows now. And some dude named Steve St. Andre who I've never heard of before, but apparently has millions of are around on football coaches. Um, you know extending his contract and making Mel Tucker if this is indeed true top 5 paid coach in college football uh jonesy i i kind of think we're going to know you know this week yeah. in all likelihood if this is happening or not uh i think maybe next week is the time to to discuss this but earlier we talked about this about LSU potentially taking mel tucker and we we talked about how you're going to see the institutional yep. weight that yep. MSU can put behind someone that they want. Well, here it is. Yeah. I mean, MSU was willing to put the money up. Uh, it found the way to do it. Now, if that's going to end up happening or not and what that means, we'll find out this week. But guys, anything we want to say on this subject? Can I Just speculate I, in advance? Get on the record? Uh, well, so I
0: I think... I think it's, it's possible that this is a big enough deal that, um, and there's, there's enough things that, uh, pique our interest as, as podcast hosts, whether people like listening to us talk about it or not is another thing that, that we should reserve time for when we know details. Um, and maybe that's something that depending on when it comes, when it happens that we, we do as a whole separate podcast on, I don't know, but the, I, for for folks who maybe aren't as dialed in cuz I think we've got a handful of listeners, right, who maybe aren't totally up on the latest and breaking. Um we should clarify a couple things because there's a lot of dumb and snarky takes that are happening in the media here. Uh so Greg, you pointed out this is donor funded. Yes.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it sounds like it. We we don't know exactly what the breakdown is yet, but it does sound like the extension would be donor funded.
0: So it's not the the as it's reported now, and that's from uh, people who are doing a lot of innuendo, but it's also coming from the Freep and the Detroit news that this isn't gonna cost m s u more money that this is gonna come from donors so big price tag but if you're if your outrage is about uh spending on coaches, know that the university
2: isn't spending that money um which is at least a place that you can put your arguments. Um, and
0: beyond that, like, uh, I don't know, we can, we can talk about his value, I guess, at a later date about, about salaries for coaches and, um, and whether we're super proud to potentially make him the highest paid black coach in all
1: of sports. All right. I'm
0: very proud of that fact.
1: That's great. Uh it is. Uh Plum, anything you want to say in this subject before we move on to teams? No, I can? think
0: we're going to just move on. Part of me really wants that number to not be 95 million anymore after Saturday, but I know I'm just feeling grumpy. So um. Oh my god. Now we- mm. <laughs> All
1: right. We'll we'll cover that next week. Listener we Guest <laughs> one way or another. Uh all right. So there were two <laughs> basketball games this week. We're not going to go into them in huge detail. Uh maybe we'll we'll, you know, what are the top line numbers? One of them, pretty good game against Butler down at the old uh, down at the old Field House in Indianapolis.
0: Before we do that, do we want to cut to an ad read?
1: I put it in uh, after Off Grand River. God,
0: you all right, let's do fine. it
1: now. Nope,
0: that's great. Let's do that. Butler, talk to me about it.
1: Uh, it was a good game, uh, except for Joey Hauser, who can't hit three point shots. Apparently, he's uh, injured. Um, this what I.
0: I well that he was injured in Eastern I don't know how you go o for 6 from the field o for 5 on wide open three pointers I think
1: what Nizzo said is his injury his lower body injury is what caused him to go o for 6 on uh on three pointers I submit that maybe his injury is, is a brain injury the ears injury yes yes <laughs> uh
0: so let's talk about people who did good things then yeah
1: Let's just uh, talk about. Let's basically put these into one, you know, uh, giant, uh, game. One eighty-minute game. Um, I, I think really there are some some top-line headlines. The first is Marcus Bingham, like coming alive, coming yeah. into a role right now, guys.
2: Yeah, Jonesy. Uh, so
0: I'll I'll start with the the gimme game just for stat lines because it was his first double-double. But in 23 minutes, Marcus Bingham against Eastern Michigan recorded 19 points, 12 rebounds, and six blocks. Wow! Oh, and two steals. So Marcus Bingham accounted for uh, 12 at least stoppages in points,
2: hmm.
0: or you know potentially. Like I mean, that's that's a big deal uh, against Butler. Marcus Bingham, 10 points. 6 rebounds, 6 blocks and 2 steals. Marcus Bingham is uh uh got, like I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the Marcus Bingham experience to be done. Yeah. I think I think we all enjoyed that ride. I think we all enjoyed kind of hating Izzo for not hopping on with the experience. Uh and but Marky's not been taking three-pointers? Like, oh man,
1: yeah, he didn't attempt one in either of those games did uh, he?
0: he did he did in east at eastern, and ah. uh notably he missed <laughs> of
1: course, <laughs> of course, he earned it though at that point, you yes, get, you get the you get the opportunity at that uh you hit spot. a double
0: double, you can take a three pointer mm-hmm. that's fine, marky uh Malik Hall, I think it, so the two other people I think we gotta talk about or I think there's three other people we gotta talk about I, Malik Hall uh rough game against butler yeah uh 18 minutes uh 4 rebounds uh 8 points 2 turnovers um not a great day uh 2 for 3 from 3 point land i guess that's not too shabby but sure um eastern had a much better day um with 15 points 9
1: rebounds this is who malik hall is, like, yeah. malik hall is though like malik hall comes alive in games. Sometimes they're games that you need. Like sometimes those are games that you need some guy to step up and it ends up being Malik Hall. And then the rest of the time, you just, he's there. He's, you know, operating. He's He's, he's a person. But like, the thing that I'll always remember about Malik Hall is you just never knew what you were going to get on a night. Well, You had a pretty good idea. It's going to be a warm body but every once in a while something snaps i don't know if he just like i don't know pledged his another shard of his soul to beelzebub that morning like i don't know why you do that <laughs> for the eastern game but um it's just bananas how indiscriminate all of a sudden it, he just turns into a player and, I, and and he'll show parts of his game that you're like i didn't know you could do that but can you just can't we just like average this out and you get the average of him every well, he's game. Doing Gabe reliably. Brown he's doing Gabe Brown things. Maybe they should like sync up and like have a calendar. And it's like, this will be Gabe's day. This will be Hall's day. This will be Gabe's day. This will be Hall's day. Like figure something out.
0: I think, I think Malik needs a new mentor. I think that's what it is. Um But well,
1: who, who has Housers? it?
0: <laughs> I think, it, I think the evidence suggests it's Gabe Brown. Um no. But Gabe also played well ish. Um, uh, no, I take that back. I take that yes. back. Cause he was pretty much a non-factor at Eastern. I mean, he scored 10 points, but like
1: the other person oh. we want to talk about is Max, Max Christie.
0: Yes, that is the other person. Say, say the things about Max Christie. Cause he seems like the real deal.
1: Well, he, uh, he did start a little bit of, you know, in that Kansas game, it was, it was clear that this was a freshman in his first collegiate game. But since then he's starting to be more assertive. I'm liking the body language a lot more. He's yep. looking for a shot a lot more. he's going yeah like he is taking those those lanes and he is cutting to the hoop um i I hear a lot of like Max Christie is the new Gary Harris, but huh. he might be a little bit further along than Gary was in terms of uh in terms of like slashing and and that that the you know, the more like taking advantage of your athleticism side of the game. Uh, He's not there yet on defense uh, where Gary was, Uh, but
0: I don't think Max Christie has embarrassed himself on defense. And I mean, for a freshman, I, I like, I put a lot of, there's a lot of heavy lifting that's going into that statement, but his effort has been there and you haven't seen a mental fatigue or, or, you know, the lack of attention to detail or something like that. I mean, you can, a kid can biff, right? Like, but no, we can yeah,
1: biff yeah. All right. I
0: dude's a dude, uh, is, yes. is, you know, and we're watching a dude become a dude guy in front of us.
1: The question is, will that continue against, you know, better, uh, competition in the big 10, or is he going to feast on these like lower level teams? You know, that's what I'd like to see if, if what happened against Kansas was a product of it being his first game and the stage and those types of things. Um, and if he can keep this thing going, uh, yeah. into the big 10, anything um, else you guys want to talk about with these basketball games? Point guard play is a little suspect. <laughs> yeah. We're not there yet. <laughs> yep, we are still not, there, not yet. there yet.
0: So, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, I, I guess listeners, some of whom really like basketball. Um, it, it's just tough to do both these sports and keep our podcast under two hours. Uh, so that's, that's,
2: uh,
0: we're, we're le- we are very much looking forward to basketball season. Um,
1: the, the one thing that I will say about the point guard play is I have been surprised the half court offense, how little of it is operating in ball screens right now out of the yeah. point guard role. We were told that Tyson Walker is going to come in and run the offense out of ball screens. Dude I, needs need to shoot more for the ball? I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but you know, hopefully we're heading in that direction. Um AJ's gotten better. We can also say that. Yeah. AJ has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all right. Uh do you wanna talk you wanna go we've had one thing off Grand River? Uh Jonesy, you wanna introduce this?
0: Yeah, so we've actually this is something we teed up earlier and, and Plum, I'd love your take on this because I think this maybe is something that you, you is is keen to you. Uh, But the University of Mississippi uh, announced a while back that they were offering academic bonuses to their uh, football players. Yeah. Um, And they just paid those out. Uh, $6,000 per player paid from gate revenues uh, for each player that remained academically eligible, which at first, you know, the tweet I saw about it, I'll say this plum had a lot of snark behind it. You could tell on the like, academically eligible. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, yeah, but that's, what's required for them to do the thing that makes the academic de- or the athletic department money. So, Correct. so who cares? Yeah. Um, so this is a really, this is, uh you know, people conflate name, name image and likeness in Alston and, and sort of going semi pro as, as very different things. This is an Alston ruling from the Supreme court. This is a consequence of it. This is an, academic benefit of playing at Mississippi. What do you mm-hmm. think, Plum? I think it's great. Why not? Um it it's very much tied in to what they're doing um, in sports. I think it's a better way to connect the dots. I mean I think they should own name engine like this too I've always supported that. Sure. I think it's yeah. a better way to, I think it's a better way to connect the dots between as you've just laid out why they're there, what they're doing and an incentive that the school has to make sure that they remain eligible to do the thing that is raking in all this money for the program and the school. So there's a complete, it follows it. It's a logical, it, it just makes sense. It makes sense that you would do that. I don't see the downside to it. And in fact, i also saw the snark, but I also saw the implication that the the, author, the writer of the article, he thought that all sec teams would be doing this yeah. um, by next year. And I think big 10 teams should be doing it as well. I mean, If you, whether it's donors, whether it's some mix of gate fees or gate revenue or whatever else, like that's, you know, anything you can do to, and I think the other piece that says about the academic side is, is it does create a little bit of a level playing field because you got some guys that are going to get more limelight than others. You're going to have some guys who are going to get that, you know, NIL deals bigger because of their positions, quarterback, running back, yada, yada. So this is, I think one way to kind of help create a little bit more of a level playing field. And that would probably, I would assume help you know, guys feel more the esprit de corps that you have when you're on a team and you're trying to have this collegiality. Well, this is the same money as Matt Ishbia gave. This is the same as the UWM tweet money, yeah. um, which is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Greg... It, Mississippi, 100% on vaccination before other people uh, now leading on this charge. Anything else you want to say about this?
1: Well, I think Ole Miss has always been on the vanguard of these types of uh, being very you know, progressive. Yeah, th- I think Ole Miss has has established itself long as being one of the country's, you know, most forward thinking <laughs> and progressive institutions. So this is no surprise it. to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's hear from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Uh, Greg. Oh, sorry. Plum. Plum. Oh, you do not need to accost me I know. at I know. all. I
2: know. Well,
0: that, that was, it wasn't you personally. It was a, this is how this is night is going. Yeah, we're having fun, though. And I think that's important when you consider how the game went on Saturday, that we're actually having fun together. Uh, so give me a preview of Penn State, if you will. Uh, we'll be playing Penn State at 3.30 on ABC, which is better for all of you who, like me, find yourself having to watch from time to time on the ESPN mobile app. We all know how trying to do that when it's a Fox game works. Uh, it is Senior Day, so we're excited to host them in uh, in the woodshed, dragging them into the deep water. Um, yes, buy in, Plum. Uh, Penn State just defeated Rutgers 28 28- to zero on Saturday, which has really got to feel bad up in, uh, up in, um, hold on, I'm going to, Pascataway, there it is, Pascataway, zero points, uh, now seven and four, uh, but four and four in the Big Ten. Uh, Sean Clifford, Penn State's quarterback, left the game, this is the second game in a row he's left early, I believe, um, leaving in the first quarter, their backup, true freshman, Christian Veilleux, came into the game, went 15 for 24, for 235 yards and three touchdowns, and even picked up 36 yards on his own 10 carries. So um, unclear, Clifford indicating he probably could have kept playing. He'll probably start against Michigan State, Uh, but Penn State is favored by one, and after our game and performance on um, Saturday, they deserve to be. And I always love being the underdog, especially when we're at home, because it just makes me On senior day, too. Yeah. Well, you know. Let's let the boys show uh, they want to go out on top. Then go out on top, boys. Go out on top.
1: Boys, boys? no, you did good. Um, a couple of things to note. One, Penn State just shut out Rutgers. Um, so there, there's some momentum on that Penn State team, even in spite of a true freshman having to come in at quarterback. Um, and their defense, you know, kind of held Rutgers, who, who wanted to rush the ball uh, to a pretty anemic rushing attack. So like Rutgers, I think only got like 70 yards rushing in that game. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, of course wanted a great deal more than that. That was the primary focus of, of their offense. Now Penn state's defense has been ill with <laughs> flu like symptoms, which is, um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Great. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll see what's happening here. I, I mean, I think this, guys, we we covered this with the Ohio State game. I think to a large degree, this comes down to what guys does MSU have available? Yeah. Who's playing in this game? Yep. You know, if Reed and Naylor are both out, who is Peyton Thorne throwing to? You know, honestly, like how many times, you know, can can you really like move the ball around uh, to that degree? So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, Hopefully the offensive line can get it together. Hopefully, you know, the defensive secondary doesn't make another, (laughs) another quarterback look all universe for the fourth time in a row. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. Got to score some points in this one. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, Also, basketball, there's a lot of it happening starting on Wednesday at noon on ESPN. Uh, Michigan State is playing in the battle for Atlantis, which I hear some programs hang banners for and celebrate natties for Atlantis. Um, We will be battling the fight nuns of Loyola, Chicago. Uh, Head coach Drew Valentine.
1: This is exciting. worthwhile. We should talk about this. Yeah. Um,
0: already the head coach i mean i knew that was in the offing but yikes it just feels weird to say
1: it does uh, it's very
0: exciting though and great
1: yeah jonesy you want to introduce our listenership in case they don't know to drew valentine
0: yeah uh drew uh brother of denzel mm-hmm. so friend of the pod in a weird way yeah uh, fair to say i think i'll so. say that i think, no, I think so. uh started as a ga right for msu
2: um, yeah
0: Yep. And then found his way over to Oakland, and then became an assistant coach at, at Loyola Chicago. Um, Loyola Chicago's uh, uh, head coach Porter Mosley—I uh, don't remember where he went—but left this past season, and uh, Drew Valentine was promoted internally. And yeah. uh, by all accounts, is is a pretty great coach and a and a good recruiter, and uh, will almost certainly look great this year because Loyola Chicago, who is, I believe a sweet 16 team. Uh, I'm certain CT and TC will fact check me on that um, is returning like all of their guys. Um, so they'll have a good year in front of them. Like they'll be a good team. Uh, they're currently four. zero. Ken Palm, 32, 20 in offense, 54 in defense. Um, this is, this is going to be a legit game for michigan state like I, I don't know what better way to say it than uh loyola chicago a w here is a quality w yeah and and should you should feel really good
1: about that absolutely totally agree and it's really interesting playing this drew valentine team because if he has success here i mean this is a guy that could be yes. very much on the list to replace izzo whenever probably should around.
0: be yep yeah um uh, Izzo gets this on his coaching tree right because he yeah. was a ga or did yes, you have to be absolutely. an absolutely okay yeah for sure i mean tucker's a saban well i mean he coached for Saban like eight times but yeah um yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah uh so rest of the field just so people know like this is a this is a pretty stacked um field for for the battle for atlantis uh so day two will either play auburn or yukon uh, Auburn is uh, Ken Palm 26. UConn is Ken Palm 21. And then day three, y- you'll notice the fluctuations here, but it's because it really depends on, you know, did we lose a bunch? Did we win a bunch? Whatever. Um, some combination of the two. But day three is either Arizona State at Ken Palm 68, Baylor at Ken Palm 5. Syracuse. You win. Yeah. Syracuse, who none of us want to see because F Syracuse. Uh, they are Ken Palm fifty, and then uh, please God, let's not play VCU at Ken Palm one hundred and nine. Uh, so good field, I mean, at Ken Palm one hundred and nine, that's still a good field. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You want to say? Be, yeah, these are going to be great teams. Uh, these are going to be great games. Uh, very excited about this. Also, three days we, of basketball. I mean, and you know, I, anytime you get to be there in the in that in the glow of bad boy mowers you know you can't you can't replace that in a in a ballroom in the Bahamas
0: ballroom <laughs> in the Bahamas it's
1: ridiculous with some sad balls.
0: dolphins nearby
1: uh the I do want to go back to football really quick uh oh okay tickets are really cheap for this game
0: yeah oh yes we should talk yes absolutely we should talk about this
1: tickets are cheap for this game and I understand that it's Thanksgiving weekend, but it's not Thanksgiving. Yeah. This is a big game and this is your opportunity. This will be the last time that Kenneth Walker plays in Spartan stadium. And he is a guy that we are going to talk to the fan base for a long time. Uh, This is going to be a guy. I, I think we've all, we all agree he's not going to be winning the Heisman at this point in all likelihood, unless he has just an absolute monster day on Saturday and,
0: there's truly insane
1: crazy stuff that happens in the rest of the field who knows but it's uh it's a big game it it will either be right after mel tucker signs a huge extension or when he's still deciding whether or not to sign a huge extension yep there's a lot that it's going to say about the program and the support of the program by who makes it worth the beeswax to be there on saturday and I'm making an effort to be there on Saturday, and I think you should too.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you willing to see people publicly, Greg? Will you commit to rallying the troops?
1: I, the problem is I kind of already have, I'm already making plans. Uh, it's possible, though. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Keep an eye on the Twitters. Okay. All right. We'll, t- we'll talk about where you're sitting later
0: on. Okay. All right, let's head to Twitter questions. Speaking of the Twitters, uh, and we're going to start with, I believe, a first-time questioner, Nomad Anglers. Great. Welcome. The most important question, do we win if we would have stuck with all- the all-white helmets? I mean,
1: there's no doubt that we would have won. I mean, that's why it was such a big deal on Twitter uh, during the week. It's that we you do knew we th- it was such a poor omen. Do we think that they just packed the wrong helmets? I don't know. <laughs>
0: um. Next up, Ev twenty four. How many drinks do I have to drink to erase that game from my memory, Alex Plum? Uh, oh, oh. I'm still drinking. Yeah, I'm same, sis, same. So, you know, however many it takes, but just just know we'll, we're here for you,
1: and and we still will be. We'll pour. Um. Next up from Marie Jonesy, is Bingham meeting or exceeding your expectations for him this year? I think this one's obvious. I mean, it's like, I know who we've played, but
0: he's been good. Yeah. He's been really good and consistent. And and consistent even when he's taking dumb threes. So yes, exceeding. Exceeding by a, a mature, it's the maturity. I think that's what it is. It's the maturity that came out of Marcus Bingham. And then he's not getting muscled off the block. Um, uh, Big Ten play is going to be interesting, but great. Exceeding. Uh, Greg, was it just me or was the game more enjoyable? <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, either of you. Uh, was it just me or was the game more enjoyable watching it without a certain player who happens to wear a jersey with the number 10 on it? Uh. And this is not Peyton Thorne.
1: It is that Joey Hauser did not play
0: <laughs> in the Eastern game.
1: <laughs> uh, again. Uh, Joey Hauser, I think probably needs to sit down with a, uh, a sports therapist. Um,
0: Oh my God. Can we get the woman from, um, from, uh, Ted Lasso
1: from Ted Lasso? Yeah. Bring her over fly her over. Yeah. Uh, cause it's, it's bad right now, man. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Uh,
0: he, he, you just see it on his idiot face. God, he has a fucking punchable face. That guy, he looks like he's dopier than Paul Davis is, but, but at least Paul Davis was consistent. You know, that's the thing. Oh, God, Hauser. Jesus, Lord. (laughs) Got more out of Plum on that one than I expected. Uh, Colton Rose asks, I'm assuming K-9 is hurt, but if not, he should go on a full Ezekiel Elliott rant. Uh, This is, of course, a reference to the 2015 year when Michigan State won at Ohio State, and Ezekiel Elliott was
1: inexplicably not giving the ball. (laughs) And not and not thrilled about it. Uh, no. Had things to say. Zeke had things to say in that game. Um, it Kenneth looks like Walker is hurt d- does not indulge in that kind of uh behavior,
0: you know. Yeah, and, and honestly, what makes him so endearing is probably that he's not like Zeke. Uh but I, I mean I wouldn't blame him if he was not unhurt. If he was unhurt, I would not blame him. Yeah. Um uh, Next up from Colton Rose, we held Henderson to 63 yards on Saturday,
1: meaning we would have won if it had rained, right? This is, again, yes. reference yeah. to 2015. Yep. Uh, yep. If there was rain and there was white helmets, uh, then everything would have been different. Yes. Yep. No doubt.
0: Yes. No doubt. Uh, next up, Eric Ozanek. Tucker leads this roster to 9-2. and two. That's worth the extension, but should... Some of this new contract be contingent on never looking uh, this outmatched again.
1: That's exactly answered. Yeah, that is exactly our uh, our joke from earlier, Eric. So we should have you uh, as our second listener guest uh, host.
0: Yeah, instead of an incentive based contract, it's a a decentive Uh, You lose (laughs) money if this happens again. Yes, Uh, I believe first time questioner Micah Holmquist asks. This is the fifth straight year. The Ohio state game has not been competitive. Is this the talent difference? It, it, sorry. Is the talent difference just so great that competitive games are out of the question for the time being gentlemen yeah. thoughts. Yeah. For yeah, next year. Yeah. For ne- for sure. For next year. And I think probably at least for, for, for maybe two more years. Um, there's something about it. I don't, why would you want to go to Ohio? I mean, it's a terrible state. It's a terrible place to live. There's no redeeming qualities about any part of the state. I'll defend um, Columbus. And and it's uh, I mean, look at the just the, the political leadership aside, which is enough <sighs> to just make you want to just die. It is it's it's un, I mean, the people. Look at the people. I, oh, icky, icky, icky. Pu. So yeah. I don't know. You know, my dad made this point. He's like, you know, people always talk about how hard it is to recruit in Michigan because of the cold weather. But then he said, but fuck, Ohio State has no problem with it. And they don't the f word, so oh, that's where I get it. That's that's yeah. right. Oh, I get really? Here. Oh, oh
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: A couple of things I'll point out. One, uh, their congressional map that they just passed this week is ridiculous. Two, we should start a rumor that general proximity to Ryan Day will cause your eyebrows, your to, eyebrows also separate. to start to yes, yes. yes. Yep. Yeah, it's it's
0: yes. not that they that you lose hair. It's separation. It's the yep. separation. Yeah. So I pointed we, this out to my dad, and he said. Oh my God, that's it. Like he had had a reckoning and he's right too. All of you should.
1: So let's get that, let's get that rumor going. And uh, that should, you know, quell their competitive advantage. Sure. Um, in the, in the near term. Next up from Nate C who asked specifically of Alex Plump. I think your expectation for this team uh, shot into the stratosphere after the U of M game, where I also think they gave every last thing they had this season to win. Honestly, why are you so mad they pulverized a team that is already tapped out? I think the they here is Ohio State. Right. Yep. Um, Nate, I mean,
0: for one, I'll tell you that my expectations for this team didn't shoot into the stratosphere after the U of GEM came. Listen listen to like the first game of the season, and I think I was already declaring we were going to have a 10-win season. In fact, I was the first person on this podcast to declare it so. Wrong. Uh, not wrong, factually true. So go back and listen, all all of you, all of you. You'll listen. So I have been the unreasonable one about this team the whole season, um, and this compared with you, Nate. Because I'm going to just tell you this, and I love you. Know I love you in ways that aren't healthy for either of us. So let's be honest. Uh, your reactions to the game while it's happening on Twitter make me look sane and reasonable. So I just want you to know that I appreciate those takes because they help keep me on level ground and have prevented me from saying and doing things that I would have absolutely come to regret. So I think you have a very important role to me and in the pod, which is keeping me balanced. And I don't disagree with your take here either, which is, yes, I think the team is, is tapped out, you say, and they, they probably are, but let's hope they can hang on for at least one more week.
1: This next one from Nate C uh do we still get to a New year Six Bowl? We kind of covered that. Um, and then so I'll I'll go to the next one. Jonesy, how do you think U of M will lose in the Rose Bowl? <laughs> yes, yes, that is the right question. Yes.
0: I mean, so this is fully so this is baked in layers of of disrespect that would have to happen here. Not have to happen, but probably will happen. Is that U of M gets smoked? Uh, this next week, and we somehow win against Penn State. And U of M s- either is still above us in the rankings, whatever. But, like, if they're not, the Rose Bowl still gets to choose
2: who Listen, they want.
1: After this game, I don't care. It's not going
0: to be us. Yeah, but- no, I right. I, we don't have a place for us to say. I, no,
1: no. Uh there, So there can be no outrage if a bowl committee chooses not to to select michigan state
0: however i do think a world in which u of m plays oregon who lost to stanford and gets beat and by oregon oh and Utah. Yeah, i i i root for that scenario because it feels right um next up nick foster this defensive scheme can't be sustainable long term right even with the right players, it's going to look like Don Brown, nine to 10 wins guaranteed and getting smacked by elite talent scheme at Michigan. That's what I thought of when I watched against Ohio state.
1: Yeah, I, I think we, we, Nick, we, we consciously decided not to be the breaking down the game podcast because we think that there's about a billion of those, but this defensive secondary got absolutely annihilated in a way that I've never actually seen a, a position group in a Spartan uniform get get destroyed. I don't know that the scheme... That well, yeah, I,
0: there's going to be another question, Nick. It's already Greg to just jump in here, but there's going to be another question about the scheme here. And I think we should differentiate the formation with this scheme go for it well it just it if the question is playing you know a bunch of yards off of the receiver like that's different than saying a 4-2-5 and that's that's a greg i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it back to you but like the 4-2-5 is i don't think what we should be focusing on Mm -hmm. um it's the how you operate within that formation
1: yeah i i think ohio state was gonna was going to complete some of these passes against any, any talent in those positions, in those, in those formations. So I don't know. I will see where this goes. I really, one of the things that I haven't been sure about with Tucker is that all of the D'Antonio's defensive secondary players were those that needed to get run out of the program. I don't think we're seeing that their replacements are better. Personally, um, but <clears throat> I could be wrong about that. Um, next up from Nick Foster, uh, it's amazing that we have nine wins with this defensive scheme slash roster, but this was unacceptable, right? Like
2: yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. It was. It, I, but I think it's worth
0: pointing out. It seems like it's it's also unacceptable, to Mel Tucker. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't think he's going to stomp his, you know, smash his fist on the the lectern or whatever. That doesn't seem like his style. But
1: you know the old Izzo, like get out the hammer, smash the tape type it, approach.
0: That doesn't seem like him. I mean, right? It, you know, it, I yeah. I think he it the the neutral thinking thing from Mel Tucker seems very sincere. I think he says we just got smoked. Why? Yeah. Like and 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 that's what it is. And so uh, it, it very well could be. It, it seems like his early conclusion is mm-hmm. we don't have enough depth. Yeah. So.
1: This next question comes from Jeunay. Jeunay is your Bibi.
0: Janae, welcome to the pod. Yeah. Jeunet, Jeunet with, baby.
1: with one question. The only question, how irate is Plum?
0: So irate that I couldn't even get that visibly angry for the pod this week. That's how it I just
1: am. it went all the way around the circle of You're anger. Dead
0: inside. You know what? Yeah. I literally i i didn't watch a minute of the game on television. We were on our way back from the cider mill and <laughs> we listened oh to the God. first quarter or part of the first quarter. I got I heard enough of the first quarter to tur- turn back on Jason's music. We were like, okay, we're done done with this game. That's done now. And then proceeded to take the dog to get dog washed, uh, then decided to get dog do, washed. Yeah, literally it, it was bad. I even got in a small fight with Jason because I was being unreasonable as you would expect. And he was finally found the end of his patience for my, <laughs> he <experience>. was like, <laughs> <"Yes,
1: bro." laughs> he's like, okay, that's enough. And I was like, yep. Okay. We found the line. He was we like, found- bro, you're not even watching the game <laughs> literally. And he was, he was while I was gone, he had it on. And he was like, I understood why you were upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: this uh, is fun because there are other podcasts that we listen to. And we talk about how, you know, the hosts sometimes will cop to not even watching the games that they're, uh, that they're covering. And now we're one of those podcasts. This is great. Are. Uh,
0: yeah, though, though, uniquely those podcasts are podcasts that uh, their literal job is to watch the games. Indeed, so indeed. Well, I mean, I listened to the entire game. I, I just, it was too painful to oh, have to watch.
1: God. Only one sense at a time. Uh, you're you, actually people are, you know enthralled with you on this because joe ashworth's first question is i assume plum is incapable of all rational thought after that game so plum who should be punished and what should that punishment entail god i wish i would you know
0: when i had to stay off twitter because that's how angry i was i um and i did have some pretty bad takes but that you know, are still up yeah i should late. get the phone out where where are post- i don't really, i don't delete my bad takes generally um, unless one of you tells me to, and that's happened at least a couple of times. I, uh, you know, I thought everyone should be punished. I wanted mass executions. I wanted, um, you know, I wanted a lot of death. <laughs> you lot, wanted to punish their parents. Lot. I wanted their parents punished. I hated them all until I listened to their post game interviews and they robbed me of my anger because they were all so thoroughly contrite. I'm still angry at Peyton Thorne. I don't know that he was. I don't know that he was sufficiently chastened to the level that I needed him to be. But my God, watching Xavier Henderson and um, Connor Hayward was painful. I mean, you could just. Well, it's their last game. I know. And it it was just, it was just painful and sad. And so anyway, um, because they were using words like embarrassed because they were embarrassed because it was embarrassing. You know, I mean, Xavier pointed out. He's 1, hundred in front of a hundred and however many thousand and then you know a million people watching at home he's like that and to see like that's that's embarrassing so i don't know uh everyone everyone or no one um i i was my i created my own punishment also so yeah i that. felt bad for him when he's trying to justify it as like that's a that's a privileged problem and i'm like no man that sucks yeah i feel bad for you yep uh all right uh next up from john ashworth uh sorry joe ashworth <laughs> John uh, uh, baby was above you. Sorry, Joe. Uh, Genuine question. Why do we
1: bother punting in the second quarter at all? Great question, Joe. I mean, if we had the, I mean, the score would have been 40 infinity. Would it have, would it have been? Who knows? Who knows? Normally I am the one advocating for punting less, but in this case, like I just, Uh,
0: honestly, someone needed to have a good game and Bryce Berenger did. There you go. Right. Uh, last up from Joe, uh, I'm drunk in Nashville and didn't bother watching the second half. Welcome to the pod, Joe. Uh, uh, but I see we held arguably the second best team in the country to seven points and also scored seven. So we should keep our top 10 rating, right?
1: Tie game in the second half, right? Uh, that's all that matters.
0: I don't know how to, I mean, I think Gary Barta will fully remove us from the tw- top 25. Um, but we were 12 and 13 in AP and coaches respectively. I think
1: I love how our whole fan base likes to go at, at Bardo. Like he's not just the useful idiot for the, Oh, he for, <laughs> for sure is. But,
0: but he, he held his hand up and said, I would like, I would like this responsibility. I'd
1: like to go on TV and make a fool of myself is what he said verbatim. He, like full blown Iowa. Like but- he's like,
0: I'd like to rep my
1: school. But we we like to treat him like he makes these decisions himself. It's fun to for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is the number three team in the country, Joe, uh, because of that second half performance. Next up from, from CT and TC, and I think we this can lump f- these together. Um, yeah, so has anyone seen The Wheel of Time? <laughs>
0: no, I didn't know uh, that it was out. Yes, we started yeah. watching it. It's The oh. acting is pretty bad, but it's still a fun one to All right, so Plum, uh, what do you think of the depiction of the Trollocs? You know what? They are terrifying, and I think one of the things that I like the most about this is the violence that they represent is totally unhinged, and it is it seems to be out of pace with like where the rest of you what what you would expect the violence to be. Just how other shows would prevent it present. I mean, they're truly they're unstoppable. They're almost kind of like the White Army that you're already seeing this early into the or the Night Army or whatever, and White Walkers this early into a show. So it's kind of flummoxing uh favorite character so far um that the guy he's just kind of cute with a little red hair he's kind of a goomba i mean again i think he's danish or or dutch or something and so his (laughs) attempted a british accent is pretty bad uh but you know what handsomeness you can forgive a lot favorite scene from the first three episodes uh i liked when the girl uh outran the trollic by jumping into the pool and then like stabbed him in the throat when um he tried to go in after her. And uh, for those who are keeping track of your bingo card at home of Alex Plum would be the one to talk about Wheel of Time, you win. Yep. Good job. Great. Uh, next up, Mike Jones, who asks, Update, Mr. Jones. The Xmas tree still isn't up in my house, but it looks like it will happen Wednesday. I call this a victory for me. Greg. How's my formatting? Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. I'm not going to acknowledge any of this. I will say happy Thanksgiving, Mike Jones. Miss you, buddy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Congratulations.
0: What would be more painful? Next from Mike Jones. Watching the same pasty (laughs) weekly or trying to pass two kidney stones. I can tell you from experience this week. It's definitely watching the past, <laughs> Dean. <deed. laughs> yep. Mike that Jones, I like can right. tell you based upon the formatting of your previous question, don't care. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rude. reading your tweet. <laughs> Rude, hurtful. Drink more water, Mike. Yeah. Drink more water.
1: Oddly yeah. personal from the host, Mike Jones, uh, who has always been... who's. I, I think, Blum, you I think we jump? can agree that he's he's always been... He's had these insecurities about... Twitter uh, questioner Mike Jones, mm. and mm. Yep. they they come out. In these they come parts. out from time to time. Yep, <clears throat> this is how they manifest themselves. But go ahead, uh, podcast host Mike Jones, le- read the better Mike Jones's third question. Oh <laughs> no,
0: this one's for me. All
1: right, I'll read it. It's basically year one, COVID year zero. But this D has gotten progressively worse during the season. Is it crazy to Watt and Hazelton fired? I don't think the four two five will work in the Big Ten question mark. If Tuck is signing for 9.5. Uh, this is big boy program now, and we need to treat it as such.
0: All right, Mike Jones. Let's talk for a second so that we can betray your ignorance here. Uh, this is an insane take. It is divorced from reality, rational thought, or a modicum of research. Programs that use the 425. Ohio State. Iowa. Iowa. Like, good defense. I, I'm pretty sure Indiana also uses it. And you may say, well, who cares? But, I mean, they, they were okay. I think Penn State might also use the 4-2-5. Like, the 4-2-5 isn't the problem. That is, that is a collection of bodies on the field and the formation that they generally take. Your beef is with the decision to let people get seven to eight yards without being touched by a cornerback. That is your beef. So let's set the four-two-five aside for a second. I know it's new here for the past 13 years, but it's, it's a fine formation and it, and it's, it, it coalesces with modern offenses in a way that is necessary, even in what you assume is a big 10 problem. And frankly, While we're talking about it, the tackling from our secondary, like if you want to point to a thing that Mel Tucker has done well in recruiting folks in, it's dudes who can hit in the secondary.
1: Yeah, the safeties in particular have some big hits.
0: Um, Ronald Williams has been good. Chester Kimbrough has been good at that. Like, I mean, even the corners, the corners want to hit. So you could, there's a lot of reasons to complain about the secondary. That's fine, but they hit. Um, So the.
2: That said, I think it is fair and reasonable for you to expect that Michigan State,
0: at whatever its rank is currently, should not be dead last in pass offense. And, and I'm happy to, like, fight the fight of, like, yards per attempt, yards per catch, yada, yada, yada. But, like, it's, it's you can just counter and say they shouldn't be last, and that is correct. Indeed. They should not be last.
1: Um, so, listener, I'll remind everyone what I just said about, uh, you know, host Mike Jones and his insecurities about the better Mike. It's Jones. a bad take. It's it, not the four two five. And how, and how It gets, you know, strangely personal at times. Do, do like uh, Google, 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 Google a thing, Google a thing
0: before just, you say it. I mean, it,
1: I mean, it, it just seems
0: Fuck like we, it. Move we we on to the next question. Wearing... I next don't care. Up,
1: next up from a <laughs> uh, number one. Oh my God, we get history lesson. This is fantastic. In 1955, on the 100th anniversary of the founding of the land grant system, Michigan State and Penn State were uh, commemorated, commemorated on the U.S. postage stamp, honoring what? the first of the land grant colleges. What is that MSU? a forever tradition, stamp? Can I find one? I, I Yeah, of course. Forever in our hearts. Uh, what MSU tradition or value would you like to see now highlighted on a stamp? I mean, there's one obvious answer to this. What's your answer? Uh, the land grant trophy. Oh, and that sure. stamp should weigh 4,000 pounds.
0: <laughs> it's like, like thicker than, than a stamp should really be. And really, you
1: take the letter and you put it up against the stamp. You, you yeah. like adhere it to the stamp, um, which is a forever stamp, of course. Um, uh, and it's, it's just. A, it's,
0: you just wrap the letter in a condom, really, is what it is. And that's your forever
1: stamp. <laughs> right. That's exactly the direction I was going to go. Whatever. whatever with that <laughs> uh my belief builds on this actually number two question number two let's face it the land grant trophy is ugly hot Ooh. take. hot take coming out here uh not sure why a football coach was deemed qualified to design it as opposed to a historian and or artiste what at least is what this? what design would you like to see that would appropriate depict the football rivalry of these two land grant schools
0: uh belief, I think that the trophy is truly an every man trophy, which is to say that if every man got to contribute one design component to this trophy, that's probably how it would look at the end uh and i and I think that's appropriate for a land grant institution
1: uh and third, uh I run ahead uh, in Leaf I appreciate this question, but I'm not sure that we're ready and equipped to answer it properly. But uh, unfortunately, MSU and Penn State are also linked through the fact that they are and will be remembered for the horrendous scandals and criminal acts that took place within their storied walls. Do you think that MSU's response has been enough or is there more to do? And if so, what? Um, I will add that. Yes, of course there's always more to do. Uh, The work uh, and the fallout It is ongoing and shouldn't stop. Um with that said I
2: I mean the scandal
1: MSU you know has 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 paid the survivors um uh you know their their there the <laughs> settlement I mean Jonesy save me from this I, I'm not I wasn't prepared for this question other than to say, I mean, always more to do. Um, What do you think? I I also, uh,
0: no, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a fine and fair question. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that I was uh, also did not read beforehand. And I wish I had, Um, I, I I would, I would push back slightly on the word linked only in that um, I think predatory people probably have existed in a lot of these institutions. Well, they're not any more linked than Michigan is linked with this. And, and to your point, every other school that has had some horrible, horrible, horrible right. thing. And and so, but my belief, I, I would say this and to anyone who cares, is that um, we have a long way to go. Uh, not Michigan State, but like everyone to protect vulnerable populations. Yeah. And, um, Michigan state has, has tried and at times failed, uh, to, to lead on this issue or to rectify on this issue. But, um, to say that we've been perfect, no, no one here, not a single one of us is going to give us a perfect report card. And it is a place that we will continue to push. Um, and, and anyone who's had the, um, opportunity of having these scandals come to the light of day, which is, I think probably the reality is that most don't, um, but that it is always an opportunity for us to push, to get better and be better than, than those who have not had to live that truth in the light of day. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic pants this week, Tom reminds Mel that he's more than willing to take over. If he's overwhelmed. <laughs> Mel assumes he's joking. Tom is denied the opportunity to check into the last minutes of the game. Oh, oh, of a game, I guess. Uh, Stevie and Lupe complain that during the last few months, Tom has slept two hours a night. Instead, he sleeps two hours, tinkers with his red sauce, fills out the X's and O's on whiteboards, and laughs nervously. I don't know if this is related, but it was just a tweet. So did he score their bubblegum turd of a touchdown yesterday? I don't know if it's related to the Tom Izzo tweet or not. Actually, it says, so he did score their bubblegum
2: turd of a I, touchdown? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who he is in that. And there. I, I, I don't <laughs> know.
1: We don't know. Raymond, Raymond this, one's, this one's deep. <laughs> Just the same way that we weren't ready for Mamopoly's third question, we In a different we way, were, we were ready, ready for this one. Yeah.
0: We were not ready to to transition from has MSU done enough to support survivors to fantasy fiction <laughs> surrounding Tom and Mel Tucker. Uh, we'll get you next week, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Uh,
1: speaking of which, please look at next year's football schedule. What do you think of MSU minus Kenneth Walker? And what do you think of playing Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota? Who's on your radar? Now, there... Uh, we, we're not going to go through the whole exercise here. There's, there's plenty of time uh, to do that. Um, But I, just looking at next year's team, let's start with that. I think it's fair to say that there's probably not going to be another Kenneth Walker or Jalen Reed on this team. Hopefully Naylor steps up. What? Jaden, not Jalen. Oh, I, sorry. Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor. Uh, Hopefully he steps up. And, uh, I think it's fair to say that on average, the team will improve from this year. Will it have that same top line beach over the top talent run, you know, run right through for MSU? I'm less convinced of that. What do you guys think?
0: I, I, I suspect that the, um, the offensive line next year will have a higher upside uh, but probably has a lower floor. I I think next year we're going to be young on the offensive line. Is what what I'm getting at. I don't know what the transfer situation is going to look like, but um, the I mean we're I I think we're going to be young all over the place next year. Yeah. And, but Raymond, to kind of your question, be on the lookout. It's not. It's it's almost certainly not going to be Ken Walker, but MSU's in the hunt for for some guys at the running back position as transfers that you're not going to be mad about. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. Uh, and indeed, actually, I'll just say this uh, Wisconsin's uh, I believe Richard freshman running back who's in the transfer portal was at the Breslin center for the game the other day. So I don't know how I feel about this, but our big 10 debut next season is at home against Ohio state. <laughs>
2: Yeah, last, it's, it's the fun. last Saturday in
0: September. I mean, icky. And we our last game this in 22 is is away at Maryland. We don't. We don't wait 20. 22. So actually, uh be on the lookout because I think we technically have Michigan at home on the schedule next Correct. year. Correct. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's not the whole schedule is going to get changed next year. All right. So then, um, who knows? Yeah, because uh, none of that is acceptable. Penn State last week or bust. Correct. Um, here, here. Uh Greg, you got any thoughts before we move on? Nope. All right, great. I protect your guy. Do any of you do any impressions?
1: Uh, I seem to recall, you know, I have a uh, certain impression of uh, you know, Juwan Howard when Mark Turgeon's around and uh, uh and how that makes him feel. I got uh, one of those.
0: You did an impression recently that I was surprised that I didn't know you did voices. And it's gonna bug me that I don't know this now. But I commented on it. Maybe we were just
2: very drunk. But, uh, Plum, can you do Moira? Boys, it is a very.
0: I, I can do it sometimes, but I'm not able to right now. If you like fruit wine as much as I do. <laughs> David. David. <laughs> fold the cheese. <laughs> Uh, don't go to either of them for their oh. South African accents that you did earlier. <laughs> uh, Greg, what did you think of Gabe Brown's game against EMU?
1: Well, we covered it, uh, protect your guy, but, uh, Gabe gaping around, had a Gabe. Had a gave right. a good time.
0: And last, uh, round robin, is Tuck still coming?
2: This one. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Of course he is. Yeah always yeah never always. not no it's never coming. not coming never not coming <laughs> all right
0: gentlemen uh big week next week uh big tournament in basketball uh a massively consequential game i mean hell that we're playing a big game at the end of the season is a big deal
2: yeah.
1: and,
0: and i think we should be excited about that so it's a big week of sports to get that taste out of your mouth let's go yeah i actually feel better after this pod than i did when we started it same uh, we're playing for new Year's six bowl that's great uh, so I resoundingly, go green and everyone buy a ticket.
1: Go to the game. We'll see you in East Lansing, guys. And go guys. white. All right. Go white. Bye.